Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to you wherever you are in the world. This is James Schofield, the creator of the stories in Behind the Bottom Line. I'm very excited about this episode because it is now my first year anniversary as a podcaster with Behind the Bottom Line. And I'd like to thank all of you for listening, for your feedback, and for coming back for more. There are now 35 episodes of Behind the Bottom Line, so if you haven't listened to all of them, there's plenty there for you to listen into. For season four, there are a few changes. Most importantly, we have a new Behind the Bottom Line website, and please check it out, www.behindthebottomlineoneword.com. Check it out. Please leave your comments, send me a voicemail and subscribe to the newsletter so you can find out what's happening in the behind the bottom line world. In future, I hope to add other features, including the scripts of the stories for each episode. So if there are any teachers out there, that might be something that interests you. Some things, however, are staying the same as in previous seasons. I'm going to tell you the story and then something about the real life background from which the story comes. Today's story is called Inspiration, and it's dedicated to anybody who has ever suffered the tortures of writer's block. I stare at my screen, and my screen stares back at me. We're used to this scenario, screen and I, because I'm a writer. During the week, I write speeches and articles for a big company, And at the weekend, I work on volume two of my fantasy saga, Hallandale, the Chronicle of Wind. But today, a Sunday, I have to write a speech for the company chairman. On Monday, he's making a presentation to the supervisory board about a company reorganization he wants to carry out. The idea does not motivate me, and so far... I have only two sentences, neither of which is any good. PNP is in sync with market trends, and this restructuring means we remain in touch with market leaders. PNP is in tune with its markets and in step with its needs. I delete both lines. But then I think of something else, and I switch to my novel. Stay in tune with my needs, whispered Prince Borodor as he pulled the lovely Amangia onto the bed beside him. And in step with my desires, sweet dove. Bing! A text message from the chairman pops up on my mobile, asking me how I'm doing. Super, I answer, switching back to his speech. Nearly finished, I add, trying to sound optimistic. I stare unhappily at screen again. When we started this morning, we were both filled with energy. But now I need a drink, and screen needs a charger. Although, I'm not even sure electricity will be enough to stop screen dying of boredom. An idea for a gravestone inscription comes to me, and I type it in. Here lies a little apple mac, of bits and bites there was no lack. And juice was in its power pack, but all its owner's text was not funny, interrupts Screen. And your last word isn't going to rhyme properly. Delete. 
my cursor travels quickly backwards and cleans screen till it's shiny and white again. Back to square one. What exactly, screen asks, is blocking you? Partly, it's because I have to write this corporate nonsense on a Sunday instead of continuing with the Chronicle of Wind. But it's also because I don't really like the chairman. Among his many faults, he has hairy ears. Remembering this, I start pulling out the hairs in my own ears. It doesn't help write my speech, but I hate hairy ears and the pain stops me thinking about being blocked. Stop! cries Screen. That's a terrible habit. Go and look at something green. Sometimes, when I'm blocked, I go outside, smoke, look at plants for a while, and then ideas come to me. But today, after staring at a bush so hard that it starts losing leaves in embarrassment, I sit down in front of screen again with as many ideas as I had before. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Nix. Bing! The chairman wants to know whether his speech is ready. He wants to practice it this evening. I can tell he's losing patience. With you in a second, I reply and try again. With these measures, P&P finances will be out of the red and in the black by the end of this quarter. P&P must remain within reach of our clients, but out of reach of the competition. What? writes Screen. That second sentence. What does it even mean? I delete both. But then I realise I like the combination in and out. It's powerful, flexible. I think about similar combinations. You can be in and out of love, time, pocket, favour, play, tune, touch, sync, step. I switch back to the chronicle again. No, my lord, protested Amangia struggling to free herself from Borodor's arms as a thin silk dress that barely covered her firm bosom stretched to protect her modesty. My body may be within your reach, but my love is forever out of your grasp if you force yourself on me. What care I for love? cried Borodor, his eyes burning with lust. I the chairman reminds me that I said the speech would be ready in a second 30 minutes ago. I don't reply. He can't know if I've read his message. In and out, in and out, in and out. I realise that in a moment or two, I won't be in work anymore. I'm going to be out of a job. I'm desperate. Isn't there anything I can send him? Prince Borodor, writes Screen. His speech to the barons on page 766 of volume 1, after he defeated the great goblin army at Dorthrax. It's just the sort of motivational nonsense all leaders talk. 
and read the passage he's talking about. My friends, said Borodor, opening his arms wide, you may ask why in the hour of our triumph over the evil goblins we should now change the way our great kingdom is governed. I would say to you, now above all is the time for change. With our enemies weak and scattered, we can... Screen could be right. With a few changes to the vocabulary, this could work. I start writing. The results of the final quarter exceeded all analysts' predictions, while at the same time our competitors made huge losses. Colleagues, you may ask in this hour of triumph why we need to consider restructuring our operations. I would say to you, now, above all, is the time for change. Twenty minutes later, I send it out, switch off my mobile, and spend the rest of the evening happily back in Hallandale. With difficulty, Amandia persuades Borodor to treat her with more respect. They combine her witchcraft skills with his warrior power to battle effluent, the evil wizard of no can do. It isn't until the next morning that I turn on my mobile again and realize something terrible has happened. Instead of sending him a two-page speech about company restructuring, I've sent the chairman the complete first volume of Hallandale, The Chronicle of Wind, all 1,245 pages of it. I print out the text I meant to send and hurry to the chairman's office. There's no way I'll keep my present job. The best I can hope for is that they'll put me in the social media team. I knock, and the door is thrown open by an unshaven, tired, but smiling chairman. Pages from the Chronicle are scattered all over the floor. He pulls me inside and hugs me. Brilliant, he says. Bloody brilliant. And Prince Borodor, he's based on me, isn't he? Inspiration was written for Business Spotlight in 2019. And what you can see here is how sometimes writing can be a fairly agonizing, um, difficult business. Uh, I think the story is probably around about 900 words long, but I remember it took me something like 10 days to actually write it. Um, because for whatever reason, I was completely blocked at the time. And economically, writing very often doesn't make much sense. If I had um, used that 10 days to work as a cleaner, I would definitely have earned more money from uh, being a cleaner than from uh, than what I earned from writing the story. And what the story includes is various things that I do when I'm feeling uninspired for whatever reason, in order to help me uh, to get inspired, in order to help me come up with ideas. Um, so I will go for a walk. Um, I used to smoke. I've uh, actually stopped that now, um, which of course adds to my difficulties. And staring at something green, not just a green wall or a, or a, a green table or a green curtain or something, but staring at, at plants, don't know why, but it helps me often. 
Um, and so in the past, I would go for a walk, sit down, have a smoke and stare at plants. And I would usually find that was quite helpful. Um, and when all else fails and I'm sitting in front of the screen and nothing is coming out, um, then I'm afraid to say, and you'll probably find this quite disgusting, that I tend to uh, pull at the hairs on my eyebrows uh, or pull at the hairs on the tips of my ears, uh, which is a revolting habit, um, but does sometimes help um, because in order to stop the pain, I force myself to write something down. There are other times when writing a story is much easier. Um, sometimes I've ha I have a clear ending in my head. Um, and it's just the difficulty is finding the way to get from the beginning to the end. Um, and then it's a little bit like a jigsaw puzzle where you know what the end result is because you've got a picture on the box. So you can see uh, what it should be. It's just trying to find all the pieces and put them in the right, in the right places. Um, and sometimes though, I start a story and I have no clear pic picture of the ending. Uh, I might have one or two ideas or words or sentences um, that seem interesting to me and that I want to play with. Um, and then the story is more like a jigsaw puzzle where you don't actually know what you're building because you don't have a picture. You've just got the pieces and you're trying to find some sort of logic to it and put it all together. Uh, and those are harder. I think sometimes the results are... Better. I'm quite happy with inspiration. Uh, I'm quite happy with the end result of inspiration. Um, but it, I remember at the time it was very, very difficult. Writing about something that doesn't interest me, um, I find very hard. There are people I know who can take any topic and uh, whip off an article uh, and I kind of envy them because that's not really a skill that I have. I need to have some sort of interest either in the the thing, the topic itself, or the person for whom I'm writing, because a lot of the writing that I do within the company that I work is uh, about products or services or projects. And what I nearly always have to do is try to find a way to identify with the people or topics that I'm writing about. And that's not always easy. Rereading the story, I realized that I'm actually quite rude um, about a lot of the stuff that I end up writing for corporate purposes. A really horrible example of corporate speak uh, I ran across the other day. Let me just read it to you. Our large portfolio of digital solutions helps organizations automate, optimize and future-proof their business to achieve new heights of performance and drive sustainable progress. Let's write the future together. I mean, this is just awful. Um, it's verbal garbage. Uh, and I'm afraid to say and ashamed to say that I've created stuff like this. Uh, and I would just like to apologize if you've ever had to read any of it. I don't really know what the answer is to making corporate speak um, less appalling. But what I try to do more and more these days is to write about the things I'm asked to write about um, as if the reader didn't work in a large organization and hadn't been surrounded by this kind of verbal garbage for years and years. And it's quite difficult sometimes because you become so used to it. And sometimes it's easier. You can switch off your brain and produce these sentences 
full of words like uh, digital solutions and future-proof and optimize and automate and sustainable. But I think actually that is just really a form of pollution. And so I'm trying very hard to cut back on that and trying to make sure that every time I write something these days that I'm making it accessible for somebody who's never had anything to do with these kind of topics in the past. The other thing I'm quite rude about is fantasy novels. And I grew up, of course, with Lord of the Rings, which Lord of the Rings is something like a thousand plus pages. And that's quite small if you compare it to the output from a writer like G.R. Martin for Game of Thrones. And whenever I go to a department store, um, if I make the mistake of going into their book department, I would find it enormously depressing because there are hundreds and hundreds of these fantasy novel series. Um, and the reason it depresses me, I suppose, is because I, of course, have my own novel uh, in a bottom drawer called Face on a Passing Train. And my novel includes... Action in four different countries, hunt for a missing person, fraud, sex, murder, attempted rape, burglary, marital problems and reconciliation, corrupt policemen, sensational art discoveries, blackmail, sanction busting, fights, chase. And I managed to do this in only 200 pages. So these three part, six part, nine part sagas have millions and millions of words. And, you know, just how does that make any sense? So this puts me off trying to publish my own novel because I think it's just going to be drowned in a sea of other books. And um, I would find that very upsetting because you grow attached to your novel when you've written it uh, and you can't bear the thought of it being just of just disappearing without trace amongst everything else. In the end, although inspiration was quite difficult to write, um, I actually had quite a lot of fun doing so. Um, and I particularly enjoyed writing the parodies of these fantasy novels in my own fantasy novel, Hallandale, The Chronicle of Wind. Um, and I found, funnily enough, I found those passages came really quite easily, which gives me an idea to everybody out there. Uh, tell me, what do you think? Should I write a complete version of Hallandale, The Chronicle of Wind, so that you can find out about the adventures of Borodor, Amandia and the evil wizard Effluent? Um, you can put your comments or voicemail messages on my new website and you can find the link in this podcast post. So until the next episode of Behind the Bottom Line, this is James Schofield saying goodbye. Goodbye.